Hello, and welcome to Movie Maker. I'm Eric Stoyer. Today on the show, we've got Fisher Stevens. Man, Fisher Stevens has done a, a lot in his career. He's been a well-known actor with uh, lots of film work starting way back in the 80s. Of course, he was in Short Circuit, and he's the he plays the plague, the bad guy in Hackers, a movie that I have seen so many times. Uh, he's directed a bunch of documentaries. He's done a ton of stage acting. Recently, he was one of the producers behind the Tiger King miniseries, and he's been acting on Succession. And now he's got a new movie out that he directed called Palmer, and it stars Justin Timberlake and Juno Temple and Alicia Wainwright and a young actor named Ryder Allen, a little guy, I think only maybe seven years old when they shot this. The movie takes place in a small town in Louisiana. Justin Timberlake's character, Palmer, has just come back after a stint in prison and through a series of events ends up caring for Sam, a little boy who is bullied for liking things like princesses and dolls and dresses. I like the movie a lot, and Justin Timberlake was great, and, and Ryder Allen, who plays the, the kid, Sam, he was really, 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 really good. Uh, you can reach me at ericamoviemaker.com, send us your thoughts, ideas for the show, and uh, and now, Fisher Stevens. Where and, uh, and how did this story come to you? It, it was a script that I read, uh, just cold read, didn't know the writer, didn't know the producers. My agent sent it to me saying... Do you like these kind of stories? Uh, and I said, I like this story. I want to do this. They're like, well, I'm not sure this is available. I'm like, just let me meet with them. So I met with them um, and they said, uh, we have somebody may direct it, but if if it doesn't work out, we'll call you. They called me and I just was like all over this thing. I was like, I, I just have to make this. And uh, that was in 2016. So it took a little bit of time, as all movies do, and uh, I kind of just pushed this thing through in any way, shape, or form. Knew I had to raise money, knew I had to cast it. You know, uh, yeah, it wasn't. It was a. It was a labor, labor of love. But at the same time, it was. It was a labor of love in many ways because I really, I loved the script, and I just knew I had to make it. I know you've done, you know, all kinds of projects and been on all sides of, of, of producing and making things. So is, is that sort of a typical timeline to, to get something, say, in 2016 and then you know, five years later manifest it? God, yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, that is a long way. It, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, it does take time to get things done. I mean, Tiger King, the TV show that I was working on as an executive producer, I had been working on a some form of a show with Eric and Rebecca for like eight years on that one. So the things take a long time. I mean, that was a very different show we were going to make. But um, yeah, it takes time. Nothing is just like, oh, I wrote the script. And there, I mean, very rarely does it just go. Um, and that is part of the reason you have to have many things going on and you have to have incredible perseverance and just not let rejection stop you. Because a lot of people rejected this script, you know, a lot of actors rejected this script, a lot of financiers rejected this script. So um, you just have to keep going and not take it personally. Rejected me as a director, you know, it's just the way it goes. But then you have people like, you know, Sidney Kimmel's company and Daniel Nadler and, you know, uh, Terry Dugas, people who had faith and, gave us the money and people like Justin and Juno and, you know, who said, okay. And, and so, you know, you find 
if you keep going, the right people will come because I just I just had the right team. It just worked out. With Palmer, there, there's a lot of really good performances in the movie. It's, it deals with some tough stuff, but I still I felt very much like there was a warmth in the in the movie. Mm. I, I you know, between the uh, the characters, perhaps the the actors playing those characters. Um, but if uh, if Ryder Allen, who plays the uh, Sam, the, the boy in the movie, it's if he's not in it, it's it's a pretty different movie, honestly. Um, how did, how did you find him, and, and and how many people did you have to meet with in order to to land on him? I I probably met with over I'd say over 120 kids, and then I watched hundreds of kids' tapes. Um, when in 2018, when I was uh, looking like the movie was going to go a year earlier, I had found this other kid who was fantastic, and uh, I felt like okay, great, at least I have the kid. Um, I had a guy playing Palmer possibly, but it just the day it just never worked out so it took me another year year and a half to to you know get it going with Justin finally and by that point that kid had grown way too much so i had to start over sort of um and uh rider just came in at the last minute he was the last uh Justin asked to read with six kids i had five and i just threw rider in cuz he was so young i just didn't think a 7 year old would be able to kind of carry the movie and as soon as he read with Justin, it was pretty clear that these two, that that was it. You know, I watched the chemistry. The, the writer has this ability to listen as an actor that very few adults do. And this maturity as an actor and this poise, that it, it's just remarkable. He is very unique on screen, but also feels familiar. And I'm, I, I couldn't put my mm. finger on exactly why that was. Um, is, is there a, a real life person or a kid that you know that that inspired the way that you asked Ryder to play this character? Well, there is a real life kid that inspired me to make a movie who was my nephew, Max, who um, now is trying to get in, you know, starting, hopefully going to get into a great college. Um, but Max, to me, when I read the script was Ryder. Max, uh, you know, at seven was playing with dolls. He was dressing up uh, in dresses he was, all his friends were girls and he was this beautiful kid. And my sister and her husband really kind of let him be who Max was. They, they just allowed him this room to be who he was. And there's something about uh, the wisdom that Max had as a young boy that I saw that Sam has. And, and the fact that Sam's mother being a junkie, uh, you know, addicted to crystal meth and irresponsible and leaving him yet she let sam be who he was and there was something about that that i just loved there was a movie called paper moon that peter bogdanovich directed in the 70s and and the character played by tatum o'neill inspired me also for this character of sam and i had Ryder watch that movie and i was blown away by the performance that tatum o'neill gave in that film and even called the director peter bogdanovich who i knew a little bit and asked him how he directed her and how difficult it was. And it was like Peter directed the film yesterday. He was so clear and remembering how he directed her, talking to her like an adult, getting down on her level, looking in her eyes, giving her confidence. And uh, just gave me those words of advice that really kind of helped me um, kind of direct Ryder. So I kind of had Peter always in my head too, uh, in the back of my mind. But Ryder was, uh, you know, 
Ryder was amazing. And he, he did have an acting coach, Lori Lively, that helped out. She was great because we did not have a lot of time to shoot. It was 25 days to make the whole film. And when you have a seven-year-old, you only get him for a certain amount of hours. So it was it was quite a tricky, a quick, tricky schedule. And Ryder had to really have his act together on the set every day before we started shooting. Do you know if Peter Bogdanovich had been asked for this particular kind of advice before? Like, is this, is this sort of a thing that people go to him to ask about? Or is this a, was he surprised to, to hear you with this question? I don't know. He seemed like he was really excited to talk to me about it. So now that you say that, I'm going to definitely try to send him a link to the film as soon as possible. Um, so uh, I'm not sure. But uh, he was so, like I said, it was kind of amazing that this guy who directed this movie 50 years ago was so clear and remembering or 45 years ago uh, how he directed her. It was, it was a, it was a miracle. How do you keep uh, a giant pop star from being a distraction in a movie like this? You just got to really train um, for the role, which he did. I think uh, he got there. He got to me early. We rehearsed for a few weeks. Um, He went on to this whole regimen of, basically you know weight training and uh um he he started talking to people that had been in prison and he started to just lose himself i think as much as possible and get into this character um he also had the uh one of the reasons i i think he wanted to make the film and that i think we 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 really gelled is that he's from the south he knows these guys like eddie palmer and I think he really could relate to them and lose the pop star self easily because he could go into that space of who these people are and, um, and that world, which he's still very much part of. Um, and, uh, you know, we went, obviously his look is very different than you would expect Justin Timberlake to look, which helped us. Um, and, uh, I'm hoping that, you know, after the first couple minutes of the movie, you forget that you're watching him. I mean, that was a big, that was the the downside of casting Justin Timberlake is that, you know, people have this preconceived notion of who he is, but the upside is that, A, I knew he could, you know, immediately make you forget. And B, he's going to bring a very big and different audience to this movie than normally, I think, if I'd cast some indie indie actor you know some actor that you you've seen in these movies many times before um and uh yeah so i think he really enjoyed it i think he enjoyed going into this place of eddie um and going into this other world you know and he was so cool to work with like literally he'd get on this he was in every shot basically so we shot in 25 days but you know some days we'd shoot uh, four different scenes from four different days. So he'd have to constantly be changing his ca- outfits and he would just go in a car and change, go in the, the bathroom with the set. You know, I mean, he was so cool. He was just like, I said, he was just one of the other, he's just an ensemble player in this, you know, leading man in this ensemble movie and just acted like anybody else. You know, he was super cool like that. Yeah. He's, he's, he's really good at it. He's, he's always struck me as being someone who really was down to do it he wants it you know he's a consummate pro you know he's the guy he show he shows up knows his lines hits his mark then also like wants to make it better try this try that discuss it 
You know, that's what that's what you need as a director. That's what you want your actor to be like. So it was it was we, it was just lucky because it could have gone many ways. You know, uh, you just never know. Do you do you feel like it's important that this story takes place in a small southern town, or could it have worked elsewhere? I don't think it would have been nearly as interesting in a city. I I don't think it necessarily needed to be a southern town. I like that it was a rural town. I like that it was a town that, you know, where, where Palmer was known. He was a, you know, everybody knew his story in the town. It's that kind of town where you, you know, you see the same people every day. I think it needed that. Um, I like the the Southern aspect of it. Just, it added a whole another flavor. It could have been in rural Pennsylvania. It could have been in upstate New York, but there was something about the South here that it just felt right. And I know Cheryl, the writer based it on a uh, true story and football in the South is so important. It's like religion, you know, church in the South, you know, so it just, it just all felt so natural. And, you know, we shot in real locations, the real high school football stadium, the real, uh, you know, the real church, the, everything was so, you know, that, that was the other beauty of this movie is like, we just rolled into places and used real people from the church, from the, from the high school, from, you know, we, we tried to keep it from the, from the elementary school. We had this great elementary school in Ponchatoula, Louisiana, you know, the principal was in it, the, the janitor, Kelvin, the principal, Amber. I mean, we all got to be friends, you know, it was just, it was a beautiful thing and it was kind of a homemade movie using the community. When Palmer first meets Sam, he's he's slightly resistant to to aspects of him um, in ways that other characters are also. Uh, but then he he quickly warms up to him. Why did you feel that Palmer changed his uh, the way he felt? Justin and I have had this conversation, you know, on and off forever about that that moment that it turns. And we didn't consciously want one moment. Like in the writer consciously didn't put one moment where that movie moment where it turns and then all of a sudden, oh, it's all going to be sweet from now on. You know, oh, he sees Sam do something. It was a culmination. It was a culmination of what of Palmer finally really looking at Sam, listening to him and Palmer looking at his own life and examining his own life and going, you know what, I'm going to give this a chance. This kid is, there's something about him. My grandmother loved him. I got to give him a chance too. And I think deep down, you know, we have these moments in our lives and you may have this moment too. I've had a moment too, Eric, I don't know, in your life where you're doing something and you don't really know why, but you know it's right. And uh, that that that's just kind of what Justin and I, that's how we talked it through, you know. Sam is is really funny as a character. Why was that a necessary part of who he who he is? Sense of humor, first of all, we needed funny for this movie because this movie could have been, you know, I we got to find humor. Life is not just all difficult and dark. So the way to get the humor in this movie is through this boy. Um, and a lot of the humor Sam uh, Ryder actually brought to it. It wasn't even necessarily in the script. Ryder is a funny kid. I wanted to embrace that about him. Another reason we knew to cast him was like, he's going to bring this other life, this life force to Sam, which Sam has. But we love the funny, the humor, the, you know. So, uh, I mean, I, I think the more laughs we can 
get out of the script, the better. And, and this kid was funny and Sam has to be funny. If he's not, it, I don't think the movie works, you know, cause he is, uh, he's, he just sees the world. He's, an, uh, he's ironic too. Had Ryder done film before? No, Ryder had done one commercial and one episode of Law and Order, and he didn't have any lines. It was like a flashback. He'd done nothing, really. His sister had been an actress, and he would go to auditions with her, like just while his mom waiting with his mom in the waiting room. And I think he got the idea I want to do this, I want to do it too. And, uh, and uh, so, yeah. And now his sister's starring in a couple movies, so she's doing really well, too. Again, so that's great. Do you have a favorite scene in the movie? You know, it alternates. Um, I I have a few favorite scenes. Uh, the one, uh, the scene in the uh, costume shop where uh, Ryder wants to get the the princess outfit, and Palmer tries to get him to dress as a pirate. That that's one of my favorite scenes. Another favorite scene is like uh, when he's waiting to pick up Palmer from the tea party, and he's just in the car, and and the the girl's mother is like, "Come on in, come on in." Uh, Emily's mom, you know, uh, Sam's friend. I love that scene. Um, I love, uh, yeah, I love, I love a lot of the movie. I I love the opening when he gets off the bus. I love the drone. Sh- I, I mean, I could go on and on. You know, there's other moments where I go, oh, I could have done that better, but I don't want to talk about those. There's a couple scenes I wish I directed better, but I don't want to tell you what those are because then people are going to be like, <laughs> looking at that. Well, we'll just forget it. Forget you ever said it. S- still learning. Still le- always learning. Always learning. There's a line in the movie that says, uh, if you don't stand up for yourself, they'll, they'll never leave you alone. And that struck me in one of the themes of the stories, you know, whether you fight back and, and how you choose to do it. How much did you think about that that idea of of how you fight back and uh, depending on the power you have in the in the dynamic? Yeah, that's a good question. I I I loved it as a movie moment. You know, I love when Palmer kind of loses it in the bar. That's another one of my favorite scenes when he comes back to the bar. But at the same time, I um I find myself being more of a passive, nonviolent person. So I, I don't know if I necessarily believe in handling things like that. And that's why obviously Alicia in the movie, uh, the teacher, Maggie, also reprimands him for, for handling it like that. Um, but you can still stand up for what you believe in in every way and not punch someone in the face. Um, now, if someone is punching you in the face, that's different. You have to defend yourself. but. Um, which is another thing that Palmer is talking about when they pin him, you know, Sam down, you got to fight, you got to defend yourself. So um, it is, it is definitely a theme in the movie. And um, you know, there, there is a violent culture in football and um, these, these guys were all on a football team together. And there's definitely that, that kind of macho machismo masculine kind of, thing that goes on, you know, um, and that's how guys ha- handle it, I guess, you know, if I never played uh, high school football or college football, but there's, uh, there is that kind of thing. I, I have been, I have been thrown, uh, physically thrown by a, by a college football player once in a, 
at a protest. Um, but that's another story. Um, um, you, 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 yeah. So there is that kind of macho masculinity violence thing that we did discuss also, um, in Justin and I and making the film and like just how he, how, how the fighting would be and what the fighting looks like. And, you know, that culture is very violent, you know, coming from football. Uh, switching gears a little, uh, a lot of movies, I mean, most movies right now, uh, even ones, you know, big, big movies, small movies, movies in the middle, they may not ever really show on a big screen in theaters, or, or at least the, the dominant way that most people are going to interact with them is, is on a smaller screen. How does that affect how you approach directing and, and the choices you make? Well, I just want to share that we're going to be in about 25 movie theaters, which great. is incredible. Uh, obviously when I made this film, I was thinking film festivals and then we sell it and then be in the movie theaters and then get on TV. But as I was editing, you know, eight weeks into my edit, uh, they, uh, did a thing called quarantine and shut down New York. So we were forced into isolation. And, and then, then we realized like by June that we have to sell this movie to a streamer because. We don't really have a choice because the film festivals, this thing isn't going away. Coronavirus, God knows. So we got to figure it out. So we, uh, uh, I would still say that even in my, you know, once we were really lucky, we found the perfect partner in Apple, which is really like was a dream. Uh, but even mixing the film and uh, color correcting the film and et- finishing the edit, I always I only know cinema. So I, 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 I made it just like, I still made it, edited, finished it for the, for the cinema. And I think I always will, no matter what, even when I make my documentaries, which end up on TV, I still always think cinema. I just can't help it. It's what I know. Maybe I'll learn, but right now I I just, that's where my head goes. And then my last question, have you, uh, have you seen anything, in the last year that really you'd recommend to people? Yeah, I just watched this crazy documentary called The Collective. I watched that, yeah. That's great. I had the direct director on here. Amazing. Oh, my God. It's just so rare you get both sides of the story and you get that kind of access. And the story itself was just mind-blowing. The corruption and, and the, that they just allowed to i mean that this went on you know i was just in absolute shock what else i love this show called occupied on netflix about uh norway being occupied by russia have you seen that no i haven't it's a norwegian series it's 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 amazing um i i'm finally watching the crown i've just started season three uh i've never seen any of that that was really interesting and um oh this this the good lord bird ethan hawk i just watched that i love that it's really incredible with what we're going through right now to uh to watch that oh my god well some some real solid recommendations and uh fisher stevens i appreciate your time and love talking to you thanks so much thanks eric great talking to you too stay safe all right thanks for listening to movie maker You can check us out at moviemaker.com, where almost every day we're posting stories about movies and movie making and movie makers. Subscribe to Movie Maker's print magazine, which is a great magazine if you're interested in the art and craft of movie making. Follow us on social media at Movie Maker Mag. And subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. 
say a nice thing or two about us while you're there, would you? We will be back soon with another episode of Movie Maker, and I hope you'll be there to join us. Until then, take care of yourselves. <laughs>